0: Now these are their names who did contend for the judgment seat, who did also cause the people to contend, Paoran, Paankai, and Pakumani. Elaman 1 verse 3 Hey listeners, this is Neil from Book of Mormon Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, why did Paoran, Paankai, and Pakumani have such similar sounding names? A general rule for fiction writing is that authors should choose names that are accessible to their readers. Readers must be able to pronounce them, differentiate them, remember them, and keep them straight. To aid readability, fiction writers are typically careful to avoid having two significant characters whose names begin with the same sound. Of course, real life does not always avoid people with similar or even identical names being brought together, and historical naming patterns differ from those found in fiction. Thus, it should come as no surprise that the Book of Mormon, as an ancient historical record, frequently breaks this cardinal rule of modern fictional naming practices. For example, at the beginning of the Book of Helaman, readers encounter a confusing cluster of three similar-sounding names, two men, a father and a son, named Pahoran, as well as Pahoran's two brothers, Pa'ankai and Pakumani. Although this constellation of names would be an unlikely choice for a good fiction writer, Hugh Nibley noticed that it rings true for a record written in Reformed Egyptian. A striking coincidence, Nibley noted, is the predominance among both Egyptian and Nephite judge names of the prefix pa-. In late Egyptian, this is extremely common. Each of the names, and not just the initial pa prefix, which is Egyptian for the, bears striking resemblance to Egyptian names. Egyptian Canaanite administrative correspondence written during the 14th century BC frequently mentions an official named Pahura, which is the cuneiform rendering of the Egyptian name Paharan, according to Nibli, or Pahari. The name means the Syrian or the Hurrian. Hence, we know that Pahura was an Egyptian governor of Syria. Nibley and other scholars have connected Pa'ankai to the Egyptian name Pa'ank. It was the name of a high priest of the god Amun who was a general in the 21st dynasty and also perhaps the name of an important Egyptian pharaoh from the 25th dynasty. The name is generally taken to mean the living one and can be a deity title like the living god. Since the word Ankh primarily means life or to live, its hieroglyph became a very common symbol for everlasting life. In addition, Ankh can also mean oath or to swear. Thus, linguist Matthew L. Bowen has alternatively proposed the meaning, he, the god, is my life oath, for pa-ank-e. Nibley and others have compared Pakumani to the Egyptian Pakamen, meaning the blind man. Nibley also suggested Pa-menek, which is sometimes rendered as Pakomios in Greek. Cumin, spelled with a C or a K, is also a common element in other Book of Mormon names, including the city of Kumenai mentioned during the major war in the Book of Alma. Adding the Egyptian Pa to this name to form Pakumenai could mean the Kumanite, perhaps suggesting ties to that city. In Hebrew, common means to hide or to hide up, and thus another possibility is the one who is hidden away. A knowledge of this background strengthens the credibility of the Book of Mormon. The Egyptian nature of these names is so compelling that even the eminent 20th century non-Latter-day Saint scholar William F. Albright was impressed. In a letter, Albright expressed surprise that there were two Egyptian names, Pa'ankai and Pahoran, which appeared together in the Book of Mormon in close connection with a reference to the original language as being Reformed Egyptian. In addition, these three Egyptian names are especially fitting for the narrative setting of Helaman I— verses 1 through 10. The official nature of these names adds a subtle context to the story of the demise of the sons of Pahoran, who had been the Nephite chief judge. As Nibli observed, such family rivalry for the office of high priest is characteristic of the Egyptian system, in which the office seems to have been hereditary not by law, but by usage. Nibli drew particular attention to an Egyptian named Pa'ank, whose father, named Herahor, comparable to Korahor, was involved in a priestly plot that set himself up as a rival of Pharaoh himself while his son Pa'anki actually claimed the throne. Thus, the name Pa'ank shows up in Egyptian texts in close association with an attempt to usurp the throne just as Pa'anki in the Book of Mormon reflects the voice of the people and seeks to usurp the judgment seat. More recently, Matthew L. Bowen, a Semitic expert in Egyptian languages, has drawn additional attention to the fact that Paankai's rebellion initiates a series of events that culminates in his followers entering into secret covenants and oaths, swearing by their everlasting maker. Thus, this narrative involving Paankai seems to invoke or allude to the subtle meanings of Ankh and their association with oaths and swearing on the life of a deity. While the story of a rivalry for the judgment seat between three brothers from a ruling elite family with similar sounding names, Paoran, Paankai, and Pakumani, may not be good fiction writing, Mormon apparently appreciated the value of these names at several letters, and that is why he purposefully included them in his record. These names and the narrative in Helaman 1 are arguably more true to life and consistent with the ancient Egyptian origins of the Book of Mormon than any fiction writer in 1829 could have hoped. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Book of Mormon, visit bookofmormoncentral.org and click on the Know Why tab.